What's going on, guys? Kevin with Buffalo Pinball here. I've got a special treat for you tonight. Uh, we sat down with Scott Denisi, designer of the new Final Resistance game for Multimorphic. Uh, actually talked to him on my payphone to his payphone. So uh, the audio quality is going to sound like we're talking on payphones because that's what we're doing because we're both crazy and we have payphones in our game rooms. But uh, it was a great opportunity to ask him some some questions on the day of the launch of Final Resistance, the new game for the for the P3. His original license, it's got his great music in there. Some killer uh, mechanics that we've seen in that teaser video. Uh, you know, spaceships shooting balls back at you, Yagov-style kickers, uh, the the lock behind the drop target, spinners with counters. Oh, my goodness. Uh, wait till you check it out. Uh, Final Resistance. And be sure to tune in next Friday night here on Buffalo Pinball on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Buffalo Pinball. I'll be down in Texas live streaming the game with Scott and the team. Uh, from Multimorphic Headquarters. So in the meantime, enjoy the conversation, learn a little bit more about Scott and his game, and uh, we'll see you next Friday for the reveal live from Multimorphic Headquarters. You should probably talk about the game stuff, huh? Because that was kind of exciting today. Game. Okay, here, uh, Path of Weirdo. Final Resistance looks sweet. Will there be a soundtrack release? There, there will be a soundtrack release. So I am going to... Uh, I just... So for now, like just so you guys know how this works, I'll tell you a little bit about how the sausage is made on this thing. Um, when I write music for games, they aren't full songs at first. Um, what I do is I write music loops for the game to like put in the game and make the game actually really, um, you know, really engaging and stuff. And then once we get to a point where it's a little more settled and I get some time, then I can turn those songs, those game loops into full actual listening songs. Uh, and then I get those mastered, and then uh, we release those things, and it's all this, like, process. So um, I do plan on doing a limited edition cassette again, and we are in talks with a record label for a vinyl again, too. So, yeah, because yeah, the vinyl is my wall, really well. Yeah, I know, I know. And I owe you some other stuff, too, because I've got some <laughs> other cool vinyl that you're going to want. Oh, shoot. Now we're talking. Yeah. Yeah, Maybe when so, we uh, meet up for the stream, we can do yeah, it. Oh, well, you know, I could actually. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. If it'll, right, if it would survive the trip to Texas. Nah, it'll be fine. I'll just put it in my backpack. Nice. Yeah, yeah it'll be so, totally fine. Uh, I mean, get, if you guys we can throw that through the thing. That's yeah. no problem. <laughs> if you guys didn't hear, uh, we're gonna. I'm gonna be flying down to Texas next Friday uh, to stream the brand new game Final Resistance with Scott and crew down at Multimorphic. So. Uh, tune in for that. It's going to be uh, 8 Eastern, 7 Central on Twitch at Buffalo Pinball. So looking forward to hanging out with Scott and showing off the new game. Um, so t take us back like to the beginnings of Final Resistance. Like, What was the inspiration for the game? And I guess like, what's my goal as the player in the game? All right. So yeah, check this out. So I, I'm not going to give too much away yet, but I will give the basic synopsis of the thing, right? So um, this is uh, a lot of people think like, oh, it's a continuation of TNA or something. I've been getting a lot of questions about this. It's actually not. It's its own little, it's its own thing. Um, it's just in the same cyberpunk style that uh, TNA was. Uh, so what this is, is really you are part of a crew. Uh, this is a long future civilization. Um, the corporations have taken over. Everybody's a barcode. Uh government doesn't care about the citizens uh the world is kind of going to crap so the, the people who live in this city kind of like run and own the place right it's just kind of this 
this is nothing I made up. This is a cyberpunk, um, like it's, it's a cyberpunk theme uh, or cyberpunk like world, right? Um, these are very common in storylines. Um, but uh, so you're in this world now. Now I'm like I'm, I'm coming up with this idea, and I'm like, you know, I really want to have these this group of people um, defend their city against something uh, really good. So I was like, I'm gonna have them. I'm going to have this alien ship come in and, and start, you know, antagonizing the city, trying to take resources. And these people have to fight against these aliens and, and get them out of here uh, and just to save their city and to save all the people in that city. Uh, so basically, that's the big premise of the game. You're fighting these aliens to get them out of here. So this big ship has come in and has landed, like, on top of a building right and and you are and it's it's like got uh it's got like this um lift ramp in front of it where it's you know it's got that big gate i don't know if you, if you saw the video you can see there's a big like shield that comes down in front you can't shoot yeah. the uh, ramp that's underneath it and you can't shoot the uh, scoop that's underneath it as well there's actually two shots blocked by that uh thing and the alien ship can uh, you can actually like do stuff in the game to get that shield out of the way so, uh, yeah, you go through a bunch of battles. There's different battles, different types of battles, different things that happen. Um, there's uh, a couple different multi-balls. Uh, you can deploy reinforcements. It's actually really, really cool. This, this game is uh, it, it just turned out so amazing. It, it's it's going to be really fun. The mechanics of it are ridiculous. That ship that you're seeing that's in that back right corner that's taking up a ton of room in there. Um, has a lot of stuff inside of it that is like doing all sorts of mechanical things. Um, that cannon mechanism on the ship fires the balls. It can stack the, it can lock balls uh, and then fire them back at you in rapid succession. So it can actually, like, I'm I'm talking like less than a second. It can get all three balls out of there. It could just wow, <laughs> like real fast. And uh, dealing with that as a pinball player is just a new experience. Uh, so it's kind of fun. Uh, it's like I, it's like nothing I've ever seen, so it's, it's kind of neat. Was that a but, was that uh, a TJ uh, mechanical wizard invention again? Yeah. So so this is interesting. Uh, that is uh, a, a piece of mechanics that I had drawn up in SolidWorks already. Uh, and then what I did was I placed it in when I did the original. I, I, what I did was I uh, I worked a lot with TJ on this um, and. I drew the layout in SolidWorks and did the uh, the you know the, the wire guides and everything like that and did you know the uh, the ball guides and all that and the scoop here and all this stuff. So I did the basic layout of the thing and I dropped that cannon mechanism here and I said ship goes here and I made like a mock-up you know uh -huh. and uh, just like pointed out all the other stuff um, and from there TJ took over on that and made it actually like completely function uh, with his engineering genius. And it was quite amazing. He's, so, he's incredible. Uh, we yeah, got a we got a good, good question in chat here. Uh, sure. What's the that? difference between? Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, man. What was the question? Okay. I didn't see it in there. Uh, was talk about the difference between um, designing a traditional pinball machine versus doing something on the P3. Oh yeah, so oh, that's that's a that's a super interesting question because uh, the P3 system uh, is really really different when you're doing pinball design because there's a lot of visual assets that you have to think about um when you design a, a game with a traditional wood play field you can just like throw you just you just 
say where you want your inserts, what you want your art to look like, and then from there you have to use those inserts to tell a story. But now that you have like a complete LCD here, there is a ton of stuff that you can do to tell the story and to help, you know, guide the player along. Uh, and it's a ton of extra work. Not going to lie. this It's actually way more work to make a P3 game than it would be for a traditional game. Just because of that video asset. It's crazy. Because yeah. you also have to yeah. think about the back box, too. Yeah, so you have to do all this extra animation for the play field. But what I noticed about, the, well, at least the, what we've seen so far of uh, uh, Final Resistance is that it has more of a like traditional look to the play field. Talk about your thought process on that. Yeah, for sure. Like so I wanted like to, yeah, absolutely. I wanted to deliver a game, like when I had this a vision for this thing, I wanted to deliver something that could win over people that are still skeptical on the P3 because of the LCD screen. I wanted to show them that it's absolutely possible to make a traditional game with little bits and pieces of really cool things the P3 can do just kind of sprinkled on top, but nothing really in your face. Um, so this game is is like to me it's it's pinball like it's a it's a game with static inserts those inserts never go away uh when the game's in attract mode those inserts are still there on the lcd it's actually really really cool and it's a really neat concept uh to try to make a like make a machine that looks like what you would expect a pinball machine to be on this crazy futuristic platform so, so, so does yeah, it do like uh, crazy animations around the inserts and stuff like that, or is it totally static all the time? Oh, it does. There, there's cool. There's cool animations that happen around the inserts. The inserts never go away, okay. which is the key part. So, like when you're when you're because that's what we're familiar with, you know. Like we're we're familiar with inserts never moving. You know, we we expect you know if there's a lock insert there, uh, we don't expect that lock insert to go away. We expect it to turn off, right? The light underneath it turns off. Um, and that's what we're emulating here. And I wanted to emulate, you know, that older style traditional pinball machine. So it's, it's, uh, I, I, I'm just really excited to actually get to stream this and kind of show you around the thing, Kevin, because it's going to be super neat to watch you just explore it and, and see what's going on. Dude, I, I think it's I all going to I watched that YouTube video like 15 yeah. times today. <laughs> <It's so good>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. That's funny. It's, so that, it's just like, seems... and, you know, it was, that teaser video was a lot of fun because uh, Steven put that together. Um, he's really, he's really good at that stuff. Um, and then he, he shoots it over to me and then I'll put audio on it. I shoot it back to him. I say, did I miss anything? You know, he double checks everything for me. And then we, uh, we hit the go button on it today. Um, but uh, yeah, that's actually, so the music on that, uh, on that second teaser video is one of the multi-ball tunes in the game. Nice. So that's. Yeah, I, I will say, as a fan of your past work, you when the game got revealed today, I was like, this is exactly what I was hoping for from a Scott game on the P3. So awesome. uh, I, I think you've. You, I, and I was seeing a lot of similar reaction from folks on Pinside and stuff. That yes, this looks amazing. And it's a, it it you know you talked about wanting to bring some of the the old school traditional style onto the P3. That seems to be kind of your sweet spot i guess like mixing the old yeah. with the new we saw that at first with tna and now we're seeing it with the p3 but on a different level you know there's a lot more mechanical action on here than on p3 or on, on tna although there was a lot of mechanical but it was like more traditional style mechanical oh, here yeah, we've got sure. ramps and diverters and cannons firing back at you and stuff like that so it's 
cool to see that evolution in your design process and, and see you bringing that to the P3 platform that I obviously love and have been playing for a number of years, and hopefully you can bring more folks on uh, with this game. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's just, you know, there's a lot of people that just still aren't sold on it, and it, it kind of confuses me, uh, you know, what, what's holding them back. And it, it, I think I... I think I kind of get it, you know, I, I get the, you get really used to seeing things like inserts and seeing things like just kind of be a little bit more static and be in the same place all the time, you know, like, uh, for instance, the, I, I did put a, um, I did put a timer between the flippers on the P3, just like Rick and Morty and just like TNA, um, because, and, and that, and, and I did it because I just, I like that there. And I think it makes a lot of sense. But something to keep in mind, too, is that timer is always there. Whether it's on or off, it's still always there. So your brain knows, you know, exactly what that means when that turns on. And there's a thing where, you know, if you take away too much of that, certain people just kind of are off put by Like, they're, they're kind of put off by things moving around. And, you know, they're not sure, like, oh, not, I don't know what that means now. It moved over here or whatever. You know what I mean? Um, so I try to keep things really static on there and you know just really i mean i'm saying the same thing over and over again i just made a traditional pinball machine on a crazy futuristic platform <laughs> for fuck's sake. Yeah. and there's alphanumerics <laughs> on it i don't know if anyone noticed in the back but i uh i i really pushed for putting the score displays in the back box again and that's in there and those are always there and they're always showing the score just like tna does yeah, I was so focused on the uh, on the play field during the teaser, I didn't really pay attention to the back box. So now I'm gonna have to watch it again. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, maybe it wasn't on there. I don't know. I have to go look again too. But it is there for the game. So uh, nice. yeah, that was just a really cool, fun thing. Nice. So it's got. Let's talk about some of the play field features. And see what I can remember. I didn't remember. Sure. One of the first things that stood out was the the lock behind the drop target. That's one of your signature moves, right? How does that? How is that similar, similar or different from the other games where you've done something like that? Oh, this one's actually really cool. So, um, I've experimented before with uh, Rick and Morty having a lock shot that actually goes all the way around to another shot. Uh, so that horseshoe thing in Rick and Morty was the was a lock, and uh, you know if both of the drop targets were down and it wasn't capturing anything, it just acted like a horseshoe. Um, in this case, uh, that shot that you saw with that drop target that was flashing yellow in the promo video was um, that's an inner loop shot. So if you shoot that shot, it's actually going to loop all the way around and come out the left orbit. So uh, when you lock a ball in there, uh, you can actually hit that ball hard enough to have it exit out the left orbit, which is super cool. Huh. So it's not <laughs> awesome. it's like, so what I, yeah, I'm just, it's like basically I'm just intercepting that shot where we can use it as a lock and we can use it as a captive ball and we can use it as an inner orbit. So there's three purposes to that thing. And that shot can also grab the ball, too, and pull it out of play, which is really neat for just making the whole thing dynamic. But so yeah, do, you, that's do you actually load it from a different shot? You load it from behind? Is that the idea? You just load it straight up. No, you can't load okay. it from behind. It's actually, there's no shots that uh, come out those inner loops. I put some, I, I've got a ramp inside there that you can't really see, um, at least not from that promo video, but it keeps it from any sort of ball from coming out of those shots. So it's, uh, you know, is that the best idea? Probably not, because I probably want some more dangerous. I love dangerous shots, but I took away those two shots as being super dangerous for it. Like if you would like slow roll something through one of those, yeah, it, yeah, can't, yeah. it can't come back out. Yeah, it's really neat. 
Nice. I mean, unless so, the link uh, is like halfway in it, then it can come out. But you know. Yeah. Um, question from Chad: What happens when the counter reaches zero on the spinner? Do you want to give that away or not? Well, it depends what you're. It depends what mode you're in. So that uh, you know, there's different modes that do different stuff, right? So uh, yeah, you just you just have to see what's going on. It's used for multiple different things. Yeah, yeah I was, it, I was it's like, very oh. cool. But I saw the, the, the promo. Go ahead. That was I say. There, so, but there is a really cool feature here that I don't know if you guys noticed or not. But uh, for the people who are fans of the game F14, which I'm a big fan of, uh, there is something called a uh, a Yagov ticker uh, on the right side. So that right orbit um, can actually. Um, uh, it can actually kick the ball back at you at a very, very high rate of speed. Like nice. to the point where, where Jerry's mad at me because he's like, what if it breaks the flipper hold or something? <laughs> you know, I, he's probably mad at me. I hope he's not listening right now because he's going to get mad at me. Um, <laughs> I, th I think it'll be okay. The, uh, yeah, it, so it you were be. saying in Discord that that doesn't always kick it back, though. Yeah, so there's a diverter there. So it can, so most of the time it acts like a normal orbit, like you would expect. But uh, if that ship is really pissed at you, uh, it can it can take that orbit away from you and fire the ball back at you at 100 miles an hour. Oh, I love it. Yeah, so it's like it's cool because like on F14, that Yagov kicker is cool, and it, it when you shoot it, it kicks your butt. But that's all it does. So to have yeah, that be it does a it shot, every time and you, sometimes it kills yeah. you. Yeah, and you wasted you wasted an entire or not wasted you used an entire shot just for a Yagov kicker, and it seems like a little bit of a waste to me because it's a really cool thing if done rarely. Um, so in this case, there's a diverter, so it's just really cool because that thing just that thing pops open. You don't really know if it's popping open or not. I mean, there's an indicator, there's an LED indicator telling you if it's going to be active or not. But uh, you know, we're we're still working on the software to try and figure out the best way to communicate that to a player or maybe don't communicate it to the player and let them let them find <laughs> out you know surprise i mean because if if your enemy is attacking you he's not gonna let you know right they're just gonna go no. they're just gonna do it yeah they're just doing it yeah exactly so <laughs> you know there's uh, a lot of that little bouncing stuff we're gonna be you know i'm gonna be watching a lot of people play this at tpf and really get some good feedback and it's, i think that it's so valuable to for me anyway, to just watch people just play this thing and see what makes them excited, see what makes them a little frustrated, you know, and then we can kind of adjust as we go, you know, to make something really special. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, let's talk about the team a little bit. You got one, sure. one of the standout names for me was uh, Johnny Crab uh, from, if, if you've played uh, Stern's Jurassic Park, he did all the art on that. That was his first pinball machine. What was it absolutely. like working with him and the other members of the team? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so Johnny's great. So I'm not the best art director on the planet. Right. So what I, I, I look for a lot of inspiration from the artists themselves um, when we're doing this kind of thing. And I say like, here's, here's really what I'm going for. You know, uh, Johnny did a lot of, you know, he did a lot of research into stuff that I liked. Like he, he did a lot of research into DNA. He did a lot of research into just these other random things that I do. Um, and, you know, I, I, I went up, I was in Montreal with, and, and met up with them and had a good time and just, just, you know, got a chance to talk with them a bunch before the project actually kicked off. Uh, so he really could kind of get it used to like how my brain was working and what I was kind of looking for. And uh, he helped a lot 
when it came to this stuff. And when I was like, I don't know what to do here. Like, what do you think? He would actually come up with something that was just really, really good. So a lot of this, you know, a lot of this art was really like, <laughs> he helped me a ton, like direct himself even, which is really crazy sounding. But uh, yeah, it was uh, quite awesome actually working with him. Uh, he's very talented. He does a lot of really cool graffiti stuff around Montreal. I don't know if you guys know that or not. But uh, he does huge murals and huge, like, really cool, intricate graffiti, like, 3D-looking graffiti things. So if you look at the back box uh, artwork on that game, on Final Resistance, you'll see that uh, there's a ton of his, uh, his, like, tagging and stuff all over everything, which is really neat. And it's really special because it's, you know, it's legitimate. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. If that makes sense. I, yeah. Are there any Easter eggs in the art we should, we should look for? Oh, there's a ton. You guys are, I'm not telling you what they are. You guys are going to have to, you guys just figure it out. Go to TPF, look closely at the back box monitors. Those, those P3 monitors in the back box are so high definition. It like blows my, my mind. Like, I don't understand what kind of monitor that is, but it's whatever it is. It's really, really good. At least the one in my machine here, Kevin, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but it looks, oh, yeah, it looks incredibly really good. Yeah. yeah. So go up to one of those machines, take a look at that thing. You know, I, I don't like spoiling all the Easter eggs. We can talk about Easter eggs maybe like in a year from now or something if people haven't found everything. But uh, there's definitely some cool stuff in there for sure. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we, and he hid some things in there that he didn't even tell me about until I found them later by accident. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> so that was really fun, yeah. I think the game, I, as a former Jurassic Park owner, I think this game looks better than Jurassic Park. <laughs> he probably just had the that, ability yeah. to go go wild with creativity here versus yeah. working with a license too, right? All right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I, and I think some of the, I think there's some of his art on, uh, JJP's, uh, Guns and Roses maybe. Oh yeah. Maybe one of the posters or something. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. So. Cause the, the LE has all those concert posters. I bet one of them is. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I think there is some of his on there. Yeah. Which is super cool too. Yeah. That's awesome. Cause he's done, yeah, uh, he's done actual concert posters for Guns and Roses. No, no doubt. Um, question from Chad, you made TNA as a solo creator. Now you are employed as a full-time creator. Is that right? What was that like? I guess the transition from doing the homebrew TNA to, to where you are now with pinball. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So this is, this is kind of a crazy story. So, uh, I am not a full-time pinball designer by any means. <laughs> I, guess all, uh, I do all this in my spare time, which is kind of nuts. Um, I have a full-time job. I'm actually the engineer over at pinball life. So all those pinball parts that you guys are buying uh, are, you know, most of those things are engineered by myself, um, produced by Pinball Life, and, and sold by Pinball Life. Uh, and that's what I do from 9 to 5 every day. Then I come home and uh, I, you know, can't stop my brain, so I just keep doing stuff and I start designing pinball machines. Uh, so the first thing I did was um, I was still working for Pinball Life but I started building Total Nuclear Annihilation as a homebrew just for fun, just to see if I could do it. And, uh, you know, and it, uh, it turned out really well. It had really good reception, and we uh, went through that whole thing, just super high level, went through with Spooky. They wanted to build it. They went through the rest of the process, all in my spare time still, and, uh, you know, built it. It's, uh, it's, it's very, very, very difficult to, to do this kind of stuff in a part-time position. Uh, you have to have uh, just you have to have a crazy brain, I guess. Um, you know, like an ADD brain, real bad. Uh, but 
yeah, so that happened with Total Nuclear Annihilation. Pookie wanted me to come back, do Rick and Morty, did that. And then after Rick and Morty, I was like, you know, Jerry wanted me to try and do something. And I had some ideas for a P3 module where I was like, you know, because I, I kept, this is where this com where Final Resistance comes from, is I kept hearing people, because I love the P3. I think it's great. It's fun. It's innovative. It's, it's really futuristic pinball. Um, it really goes along well, like next to traditional pinball, right? There's, it's two different things. It's, you know, it's another pinball machine, but there was a lot of people with this like stigma attached to it, like saying, you know, it's not real pinball. It's not, you know, it's like virtual pinball or something. And it's like, that just kind of blew my mind. I'm like, you know what? I bet you like, and I'm just saying this in my head. I'm like, I bet I can make something in there that would just like, you know, I, I hate to use the word trick, but like, you know, show the people show all these skeptical people that this is real pinball it's just it's just really ahead of its time uh, so yeah so definitely uh that that is actually where that whole thing came from but yeah so to answer the question though yeah i do all this stuff my part-time or do all this stuff in my free time and it's 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 easy <laughs> so uh, the short answer is it really hasn't changed much because <laughs> you're still working no. at pinball life and you're still doing pinball uh design yeah, really that's that's what I do. You know, I, I don't have any plans to leave pinball life. I do really enjoy my job. I actually, to tell you the truth, I make more of an impact on the pinball community doing my nine to five job than I do building games like this and doing audio for games. Um, oh man. Just because of like all those flipper rebuild kits that you guys get the, you know, if you need a star post for your game or something, I've most likely drawn that up in 3d done went through manufacturing processes, QA processes, all sorts of like, you know, like DFMs, which are designed for manufacturer processes, uh, all this crazy stuff to get these parts in just to, so that we can sell them as brand new things. Like it's, the, it, I've, you know, that, that's crazy. You could probably look at all your machines here and there's just, there's parts all over these things that, uh, that we've done at Pinball Life, so. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I got that Matahari I've been working on, and I needed a new lockdown bar and new legs for it, and I just went to Pinball yeah. Life, and they were all there, brand new, and I'm like, I bet Scott designed these. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, yeah, I probably, I probably drew, I think I did draw that undercarriage, but uh, it's on that lockdown bar. Yep. But, uh, yeah, there's uh, definitely crazy stuff. I did not actually draw the legs, though. The legs okay. are, the legs are legit, like, we, we have the tooling that is that used the or that actually was used in the 1990s with Williams? Oh, that's insane! So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's totally crazy. Uh, got another question in chat for you, Scott. How would you classify the rule set? Very deep, like modern pins, or not as deep but easy to understand but difficult to master, like Attack from Mars, Medieval Madness, Anna's Family, etc. Yeah, we're we're going for uh, a little blend of each. Like I would not call TNA's rules deep, but it's very hard to get to the end of it. Um, it's going to be very similar with this. This is going to have more things like wizard, like traditional things, like more like wizard modes and stuff like that in it. Um, so it's, you know, there's going to be harder things to get to, but we're not going crazy, crazy, crazy with this because I personally really, I like more simple rule sets that are really easy to understand, but just really difficult to get through um, instead of just being very, very complicated and, and easy to get through, but you just so much of it that it, you can't really, you know, I don't know. It, it, to me, it's just, it's harder to have a game that's super, super deep. So it's kind of in the middle. I'm going to throw that as like in the middle, you know, okay. it's not, it's not like TNA, but
but it's not like uh, it's not like a JGP game where it's got this crazy huge, you know, deep story to it. Give lots of love and chat for for your work at Pinball Life. So good, good job awesome. over there. Awesome. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. Um, uh, rules on Rick and Morty come off as both simple to understand and branching to me. So yeah. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I think, it's, it's yeah. similar to Rick and Morty. Yeah, it'll probably be similar to Rick and Morty. So remember, we've we've got Bowen on the rules here. Um, Bowen really, really understands my brain and understands like what I'm trying to convey with things. Uh, so yeah, he did the rules for this thing, and they are just they're really, really good. And I don't know if you guys know, you know, a ton about Bowen, but he uh, he has done those Papa tutorial videos for years like many, many years. Uh, and he's basically played every pinball machine on the planet and knows all the rules to those, like in depth, yeah. which is super cool. Bowen, for, for the people who kind of got into pinball when I did, it, Bowen was a big part of it. With those tutorials, it kind of opened your eyes to like, oh, this is what's going on. It was a combination of like tutorials from Papa and uh, Pinball Arcade, playing that and having it step you through the things you needed to do to achieve the different goals on the pinball machines. It's like, the light bulb moment goes off and you're like, oh, this is awesome. I need to figure, I need to play all of these games and do all these things. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's super cool though. Uh, there's a question in chat too. Hey, here's a good one in chat. Um, can you ask Scott if there are any juicy baloney slaps in the game? Um, in this case, uh, there are not in this game. I saved all those for Weird Al. So those are all in Weird Al. Um, okay, so if you're on your baloney slap and you got to get Weird Al to go with your uh, final... Final resistance. Of course. Yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> multi-ball is easy to start or difficult. Um, well, so there are multiple multi-balls in the game. Uh, some are easy and some are difficult. So there's there's something for everybody. Um, yeah. Let's talk about TPF a little bit. Uh, this is where the, the game's going to make its debut, right? How many yeah. are you going to have there? Um, you know, what are your plans for TPF? You know, I'm unsure how many games they're going to have there. So we've got, uh, I know they're building a few production prototypes. So um, those are most likely going to be there. Uh, but, I mean, Multimorphic brings, like, last year they brought, like, 10 games. And I think they had two of them set up as Weird Al. And then the rest were, like, just a, a sprawling of different other modules and other mini games and stuff set up. Uh, so they'll probably do the same thing again. I just don't know for sure. Yeah, no worries. About the same. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would imagine so too. They haven't officially announced their their uh, plans, but I, you know, I, I remember seeing those massive lines because <laughs> everybody wanted to play Weird Al, and it was such a such a huge hit at the last one. I, I gotta you gotta imagine with uh, TPF being in their home show, they're gonna bring bring a lot and represent the the company, especially with these new games coming out. Absolutely, yeah. So hopefully this one uh, it's a little it's a bit of an app uh, kicker. So I'm thinking uh, hopefully the lines won't be as bad but I, I'm hoping people like it enough to get back in line. So maybe the lines will be bad. I don't know. I mean, that's what we, uh, that's what we come to expect from a Scott's an easy design, just a, 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 an amazing sound package that keeps you coming back, even though it's kicking you in the butt every time. Yeah. See that that's fun to me though. That's what I personally like in games. And I think that's what there, there's a lot of people that also personally like that, but just don't realize it yet. I think. It's just kind of strange to say. It's like when uh, when, when TNA first came out, it, um, it it really was difficult. And people were like, this is really hard. They're like, I need to try that again. I'm like, all right, well, there you go. Like, this is hard. Maybe I, I could probably do better next time. You know, they kept, you know, it's just 
it did something. Like people wanted at that point, they just wanted deeper and deeper and deeper games. And I'm like, you know, I I kind of don't. I want to see. Let me do this. You know. Yeah. The harder games keep you coming back. They give you that one more game feel versus a yeah. like if I sit down and I play a really long game, a Hobbit or something. I'm like, all right, that's enough. I've I've played enough Hobbit for a while. I'll come back to that in a couple of weeks, right? Uh, but if you're playing TNA or, for example, I was on location playing a couple of games and they had a Spider-Man next to a kit. And Spider-Man, I, I stepped up to and I played it for like 15 minutes on one game and I was like, all right, I'm going to go over and play Kiss. And Kiss kicked my butt and I played it again and I played it again and then played it again until I had a good score, right? So yeah. it's it's that different uh, the different approach. I, I think there's room for both and I'm glad mm-hmm. you're, you're bringing the kind of ass kicker um, you know, tougher to play, uh, easy to figure out, tough to master kind of gameplay. Yeah, I mean, there's tons and tons of games that are just, that are like, you know, longer playing games, and there's nothing wrong with that at all, but there's a lot of stuff on the market for that. So bringing stuff like this is really what I want to, uh, at least me personally, what I want to focus on. <laughs> uh, Ethos wants to know if you're going to make pinball forever. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not going to make pinball forever. No way. <laughs> I'm actually going to take a break after this game is uh, is all done so that I can just kind of focus on some hobbies and writing some music and stuff and, you know, hanging out with friends and family for a while because uh, it, it really takes a lot out of you to have to build a pinball machine, uh, and it really, really takes a lot out of you if you're doing it part-time, which is very, very difficult. Um, I can't stress that enough. It's uh, I, I want to eventually also do a homebrew one day again which I think could be really interesting. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I got to take a break after this one for a bit. <laughs> I don't blame you at all, man, especially doing it part-time. I can't imagine. And, uh, you know, working with the Multimorphic team, uh, you guys are all, like, distributed all over the place. So I, you got to imagine that brings a, a little bit more of a challenge. Although a lot of the companies, I think, of the smaller companies kind of operate that way, right? Like Spooky was probably like that in some ways, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Spooky. Uh, Spooky had some remote people, but not too many. They they like to try to keep uh, everything in house as much as they can. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> Stephen wants to know if he can leave his edit cave now. Uh, I don't know. It depends. It depends what he's working on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we talked about uh, the the egg off kicker a little bit earlier, but um, is there anything else on physical on the play field that we haven't talked about that would be pretty cool? Absolutely. So there's uh, there's the inner loop shots that are on this game actually cross over each other. And I thought this was a really cool thing when I drew this. Um, there's uh, like so the the inner loop shot that's on the left side that is to the right side is the spinner shot, right? That one loops around and comes out the right orbit. And then the shot that is in the uh, like in the right inner loop position that'll loop around and come out the left. And they actually, they, if you look at the geometry of the thing, they cross over each other, which is super cool. I mean, if you shot two balls in there at the same time, the balls would actually hit each other and probably come out the opposite, uh, the opposite way. Oh, that's crazy. Um, yeah. But the, um, the actual ship mech itself has two shots. I mentioned there's two shots that are blocked by that. There's a ramp that goes up and through the ship and then comes out the right wing of the ship and back to your right flipper. Uh, and then there's also a scoop shot that grabs the ball and uh, locks it and launches like a vertical up kicks it into the locking mechanism in front of the ship. So you can stack three balls in there and uh, 
have that rapid fire mechanism fire those out. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's it's super standard uh, with you know spinners and drop targets and posts and magnets, um, you know, and I and I put a very standard left ramp on it just to make it like kind of system 11-y. It's a if you look at the game and look at the layout, you'll you'll see little inspirations of system 11 stuff spread throughout it, which is kind of fun, um, like the alphanumerics and stuff like that. Um, they they do everything from you know they they blink like the old bally, you know whoever whoever's up just like TNA does where it blinks the current player score type of stuff. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah it's great. I mean, uh, yeah, I think that's that's basically that's basically most of it. Um, but all of it together as a package is super fun. Yeah, it looks incredible, and uh, like I said, the, it looks like you got a great team put together there from from art to sound and design and mechanics and and all all that fun stuff. So absolutely, I can't wait yeah, to get my hands what, on this the, game. The next programmer, week. like I, I don't know if you guys know this, but the programmer on this game is the guy that invented Skeleton Game, which is the programming framework that TNA and Rick and Morty run on. So that's. Uh, this is this is the guy that actually made that thing, and he's like an amazing person. He's got uh, he's like a professor at a college and stuff. I don't know. He's super great dude. And uh, <laughs> give his name. I don't think we've said his name. Michael Ocean. It's Michael oh, okay, Ocean. Michael. All right. Yes. Yeah. So he uh, he's been working so hard on this thing, doing just insane things with the software, and he's been so patient with me, going like, "Hey, we got to fix light shows and do it this way." He's actually really good at lighting, at writing light shows that emulate like the style of light show that I used uh, in my previous work. Um, so that's really that's really cool, you know. So I'm like kind of bringing that that light show style to the LCD screen and the inserts yeah, all at the did same you time. See that? The, yeah, the, it's it's probably not super apparent in the video because the video is kind of like all over the place. But if you just had like a top down view of just watching someone play, there's like. The light shows in this game are doing exactly what, like, you know, Rick and Morty and TNA did with the lights going, like, through the play field and everything. And it goes through the LCD and through the physical play field like butter. Like, it's just all one thing, you know? Yeah, um, so, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it's super, super cool. Yeah. And he, uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah, Michael's also worked on Weird Al as well. Uh, mm -hmm. And just, you know, he does a lot of cool stuff in the background. We got to get, I got to get him out and have him and I like talk back and forth on a podcast sometime because it's, he's really interesting and very, very smart guy. But yeah. Yeah. And they, and the, also the guy who did, uh, um, who did the Sorcerer's Apprentice, all the video, like the little video animations and stuff on Sorcerer's Apprentice, did the, uh, did the LCD work for uh, Final Resistance as well. There's some really okay, cool, like really neat particle effects going on and stuff. It's, it's super neat. Yeah. When the when the screen first came up, I was like, oh, this looks a little uh, Sorcerer's Apprentice-ish. So yeah. like the art style, and the animation, like Johnny's art style, kind of reminded me of that, and then the animation mm -hmm. too. Yeah, it's really neat. I'm excited to see. Also, this is this is gonna sound stupid, but I'm excited to see what it what the uh, homebrew community does with this module. I want to see someone build a uh, build another completely different game on this module and see what happens. You know, I'm sure like someone that sounds like a challenge for Bingo Podcast to me. Totally, uh, totally. I think he's even yeah. in there. Yeah, there he is. He's in there. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm 
I'm very excited about that. I'm surprised more homebrew people don't do this. I mean, I, 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 if I was building a homebrew machine and I just didn't want to build everything crazy, like I, I would just take Canon Lagoon or something, teach myself the framework, right? Build something in Canon Lagoon and then move on to something more difficult. It's super neat. It's a, it's a really great platform for homebrewers because the module drivers are open source. But yeah, that's totally like you can see Nick Baldridge. That's kind of the path he took. He started out making mini games yeah. and making them slightly more complex and things like that. Now he's building his own uh, modules with with Drain. So it's 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 definitely it looks like you know from I'm not nearly skilled enough to do any of this, but from uh, you know seeing Nick you know rise up through the ranks of, of pinball designer, you know the P3 mm-hmm. seems like a great place to make it happen. Oh, it's, it, that's very, very cool. Also, that drain module is really fun. That's actually still in my game right now. Um, I've, I've been swapping back and forth between Weird Al and Drain recently. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Drain is really fun. It's really addictive for some reason. It's uh, he's he's nailed that whole like addictive thing. So, oh yeah, yeah. You, you talk about the the, the ass kicker games that keep you coming back. That's yeah. definitely one of them. Yeah, Nick's more brutal than I am, though, man. I'll tell you. Nick is like, he's mean, like no ball savers on stuff. Like Ranger in the Ruins, like one ball, no ball saver, deal with it, you know. Yep, till the end of your game, even if you got 10 balls, you watch them all yeah. die. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And then he's like, he's like, you know what, I got a great idea. Nick's like, I'm going to put a gobble hole in, right in the middle of my module that kills you every time. And guess what? You have to hit that to progress in the game. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, you're awesome. I love, it. I love you. Yeah. That's what I love so much about the P3 is that you can have all these crazy different designs. And, you know, I might not necessarily want a, a, a play field that's just single level like that in a traditional game. But if it's just taking up space underneath my my P3, I was like, oh, I can, I can throw in a classic game whenever I want. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. What's really fun is at parties when you, you, like, pop that open real quick and slam a new module in it real fast. And people are like, what the heck? You know, like. Yep. Or if you like, if you break something, right? Like, so I've had a, I had a, um, we were at. This is a great story. This is we were um, doing that pinball life open house thing, and we had the P3 there, and someone had launched a ball playing um, CCR, and they they launched a ball at one of the plastic rings, and the plastic ring broke off, and it just got in the way, and it was like trapping balls and stuff. So I was like, oh crap. So I went over there, and I'm like, well, I can't fix this because I can't. There's wires and LEDs in it and stuff. I'm like, well, I can't fix this. So I just looked at the machine, and I went, all right. So I just pulled the module out, put Lexi Lightspeed in. It was seriously like a minute and a half game back up and running full percent, like 100% good to go. Yeah, like, people, people never believe me when it's – yeah. People never believe you when you're like, they're like, how long does it take to switch a game? You're like, uh, 30 seconds. Like, no, it's over. Then you do it, and they're like, that's it? <laughs> yeah, that's it. That was a good like it's, it's really not a big deal to swap a game out of it. I mean, think about, like, think about this for a second. Think about your Nintendo, right, when we were kids, right? So to swap a game out of the Nintendo, you would turn the game off, you'd pop it open, you pull the game out. You're like, great, you got to find the box for it. Where's the box? Crap. Okay, yeah, there it is. All right, slide it in there. Take the new game out. Stick the new game in the Nintendo. Doesn't work. You got to pull it out. You got to blow in it. Stick the game back in there again. Maybe it works a little bit, but it's not quite working. Got to pull it out again. You know, like by that time, like if I would erase my 13-year-old self against 
you know, putting a new module in the P3 and having him try to get, you know, Tetris working in the Nintendo, it'd probably be like a draw. Hundred percent. It'd be it'd be blinking, flashing the screen at you, the little yeah, light coming on and off. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I'm swearing, and I'm and then my older self is yelling at my younger self to stop swearing so much, and then you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you know, that's what you do when you're a kid. You got to swear at these things because that's what makes it work. Yeah. It does make it work. Yeah. You're like you're like hitting it to try and make sure it's gonna. You're like you ever like gotten it to work and you're like, well, I want to make like just in case I have a good game. I, you kind of tap on it a little bit just to make sure it's not gonna just start blinking in the middle while you're playing. <laughs> I never did that, but I would do the trick where you like pull it out a tiny little bit. Like, oh, maybe oh, this yeah, will make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you push it in and yeah, then just pull totally it out right. a little bit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> And then, right. then you get to, we got to be older, and they're like, no, you're supposed to actually, like, clean this with isopropyl alcohol. And you're like, well, I've been spitting out on it all these years. I guess that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, so the spit works fine. <laughs> fine. Conductive, sort of. Exactly. All right, Scott. Well, I appreciate you taking the time on the on launch day and making this happen. I'll, I'll let you get back to doing what you got to do. Uh, I'm sure everybody in chat appreciates you having on the stream. And, uh, dude, yeah, like, less than yeah, two weeks, I'll be hanging out with you, and we'll be playing this thing. Absolutely. I'm really excited for it. Thank you, everybody, for all the great questions as well. And thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. All right. Enjoy the rest of your night. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Kevin. See you guys. Take care. All right, bye. Yep, bye.